What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. Welcome the back, folks. Brown bag lunch crew. Season four, episode two. What a great weekend it was for me. Uh, how are you doing, Drew? I'm doing well. It's Tuesday, which means it's almost Wednesday, which means it's one day closer to the weekend. Hell of a weekend. Good football games were on. Uh, no complaints from my end. Happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, what do we got for upcoming national holidays? Yeah, so a couple tomorrow, January 27th, that is Wednesday. One of my probably favorites that I'll say on the pod is National Chocolate Cake Day. I'm a big chocolate anything day, and chocolate cake is one of my all-time faves. So there's no – it's a little bit dark there. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, no ways around it. I love chocolate. I love chocolate cake. I'm one of the few who, you know, I'll go to Cheesecake Factory, whoever I'm with, and I'll get judged every single time because whether it's takeout or there, I won't order cheesecake. I'll order the Linda's chocolate fudge cake. (laughs) And people look at me like I have 14 heads. And I'm like, you have no idea. It is phenomenal. Big chocolate cake guy through and through. So that's tomorrow. As well as an interesting one, uh, Library Shelfie Day. It's the fourth Wednesday in January every year. Basically what this means is, I didn't know this, but I'll tell you. There's a group of people in this world who their hobby or one of their core interests is organizing slash decorating bookshelves a certain way and sort of sharing that with the public, whether it's like a Twitter thread or you know a Reddit thread whatever it is there's a group of people i looked at this up depending on how they organize the books or there's different things you can do or there's like inserts you can put in bookshelves that that are in place of books it's a whole thing it's called i guess you're like a yeah it's like a library shelfie so i don't know pretty interesting you learn something new every day so shout out to those folks your day is tomorrow so go ahead and uh Share those shelfies. That could be the worst national holiday of all time. Yeah, I would put it up there. It's definitely in contention. It's a weird one. But everybody has their thing, I guess. I, If you're posting a, a library shelfie tomorrow, yikes. I might, just as a troll, go down <laughs> to the Soya Free and just take a couple snapshots of the old aisles and things of that nature. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we'll hop into our normal here and do a little love-hate. Uh, I will go first. As you can see, the hat I'm wearing is the TV12 yeah. hat. Yeah. And my love of the week is going to be the moment from the past two weeks, actually, from Tom Brady after winning both his uh, divisional and then conference championship games. And yeah. I'll start off with Tom Brady on the field after the game with Drew Brees sharing a little moment with him and his kids. Uh, yep. Just, you know, taking in the moment, congratulating Brees on a great career. That's going to be his last game most likely. And then also, you know, tossing a, just a few jabs in there as he throws touchdown balls, fades to the back of the end zone to Brees' kids. And then 
this week, uh, the after-party celebration of the game, he goes over to the stands to say hi to his kid who comes down uh, and gives him a high five, has a little conversation, which was later seen on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media platform you want to get it on. I just thought those moments were pretty good. Love of the week. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no going any other way. I completely agree. I think to be, I mean, my thing is like, I, I thought to myself with the breeze kids, like do those kids even realize how damn like lucky they are at that <laughs> moment? I mean, it's just crazy. It's, it's a damn shame that they're that young and he's going to be out of the league. I, I, I don't want to say that actually, cause he'll be able to spend more time with them, et cetera. But I mean, I mean, come on. Can you think of a, cooler way to grow up like no other than being the son of a franchise hall of fame quarterback around the team in the locker room i'm it, these kids just don't understand how they have it it's crazy to me yeah God bless them yeah that's i mean they've grown up like that their whole lives they know nothing else it's it's crazy that that, that there's a group of people in that world that are like that and they just think they're just like you and i you know it's weird but <laughs> hey shit Good, good luck to them. So, yeah, uh, I like well, that. I'll pass it over to you for your love of the week. Yeah, my love of the week. No free ads, of course. No free ads ever. But I don't know if I've said this before. Coming on as a big Sam Adams guy, the Sam Adams Cold Snap is without a doubt my favorite beer. I'll drink it in the summer if I if I needed to, if I wanted to. I, most of this, like the Sam Adams, like the Boston Lager, and those ones are a little bit too bitter for me. But the cold snap is in the, the cold snap and then the Sam Summer are just absolute money. Perfect, refreshing, not too light, not too heavy. Got a little bit of a spice to them, a little bit of a kick, a little bit of a jab. So I'm going with the Sam Adams cold snap where winter is underway. It's cold, it's cold, it's snowy, it's dark at friggin' 3 p.m. But I got my cold snaps and that's going to get me through. So that's my love of the week. Don't love the sam adams winter lager that's one of my all-time oh, that's a bit yeah it's a bit hates. hard no on that one hard pass on that one a little yeah. too bitter and too heavy yeah that one just is not good but Sick. i actually haven't had a cold snap so i will have to dabble and get one and, and give it a test yeah it, you may not be in the in the most favorable climate to enjoy a cold snap but give it a shot you might be in the more you know, right now maybe like Oktoberfest or like Sam Summer. I feel like. But yeah. Hey, it's it's gonna get thirty to forty down here next week, so maybe I'll buy some then. Perfect. Well, Perfect. let's uh, let's move on to the errands of grievances, the hate. Yeah. Let's do it. I am gonna start it off with data analytics in the game of football, particularly. Uh, yeah. Our good friend Jimmy Nicolosi said data analytics in all of sports. For me, it's I see it mostly in football driving absolutely horrid decisions. And mm-hmm. I think I'm and this is an assumption, but I'm assuming the head coach of the Packers, Matt LaFleur, had data analytics driving that decision to kick a field goal there yep. over two minutes left um, yeah. with three timeouts. And here's the thing, whoever is crunching those numbers and and doing the data analytics or whatever, here's the first problem with that. 
Matt LaFleur went into it saying over two minutes left, so we can use that two-minute warning as a, as a fourth timeout, right? Four timeouts you got, yeah. You got to get him off the field. First of all, moronic, because if the guy doesn't slide on the kickoff before oh the two-minute warning, you don't have a fourth timeout. So People aren't talking about that enough. That If that came back to bite them, I don't want to get you off topic, but that I almost fell off the couch watching him do that. Yes, and let's we can lambast Bruce Arians for how dumb that was later, but Matt LaFleur factoring that into his like argument when there was only five seconds on that clock for a kickoff is absolute insanity in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I think ideally, I don't want to cut you off, but I think ideally the goal is you have Crosby or whoever the hell it is, kick that thing through the end zone. No, but here's the thing, Drew. He, purpose, he purposely floated that one. He kicked is that proven? He kicked is that, it. Did that come out? Well, yeah, he kicked it to like the eight. He kicked a high, yeah. stinky one that they That's could try nice. to pin him. So that goes out the window too. That's why the fourth timeout situation, he's an absolute fraud for even saying that. Now let's go into the more applicable reasons of why you don't do this. And maybe the data analytics aren't telling you this, but how about the fact when you kick the field goal, you still have to score a touchdown to win the game. It's not like the field goal got you within another field goal to tie. Yeah. And his his reasoning was, well, we not only had to get the touchdown, but we had to get the two-point conversion as well. It's like, well, this is just common sense Curtis brain, but isn't it more likely on a fourth and goal from the six to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion than it is to kick a field goal here? Have Brady and the Bucks not get another first down, leaving you only, what, maybe 40? Or if they get one first down, definitely under a minute. You have to drive the whole length of the field. You probably don't have any timeouts. You have to drive the whole length of the field now and get a touchdown. And his whole argument was, you know, we just had three tries and we just couldn't get it on the three tries. So you figured why not? Why do it on the fourth? That is absolutely bananas to me. I don't care what the data analytics, data analytics say. Throw them out the window. Throw whoever did the data analytics out the window because they don't know how to do data analytics. And that's my hate of the week. It's Look, I, I wouldn't say throw the data analytics person out the window. I get it. Like Throw them out the window. There's obviously a... Right out the press box. There, there is a path that they could have taken where the field goal got them the win. With that said, in that situation against that opponent at that point in the game, the only plausible reason he would have kicked the field goal there, in my mind, is to say three points is better than zero, Like, which means nothing, to your point. Like, Moral victories don't matter. The three points doesn't matter. Like you said, you may not even get past the 50, never mind, within the, the 10 or the 5 to have a chance to score again. Yes. And... It's just like... Can, can we... And here's the thing I don't think gets factored in a lot either, is the idea on that fourth and goal, I think the likelihood of the PI call goes way up or a holding or something to where you yeah. get an automatic first down and now you're working from, you know, the three-yard line with the first and goal. There's so many factors that I think those data analytics don't count into effect that make them absolutely irrelevant in game-time decisions late in the game in football. Yeah, I think opponent matters too. I know I shit on Brady, but that offense, like in that situation, you need one. They needed one first down to end the game, 
And it's not like your defense had been playing phenomenal football where you could like be like, okay, hey, go get us one more stop. They didn't get a single stop all day. I mean, they were getting absolutely torched. They they stopped the run. They did a, did a yeah. decent job stopping the run. But, I mean, it's just a weird, weird situation. It, it sucks that it ended that way. And it, it almost reminds me of – and we talked about this on the pod. It seems like yesterday, the Blake Snell situation where a pivotal game, a pivotal point in the game, data analytics gets in the way and completely – skews and manipulates the the outcome yeah the head coach uses uses it as a bailout uh for their decision making this isn't the first time this certainly won't be the last time but the hope is that at some point these coaches say okay let's go with the game flow let's look on the field at our opponent let's what what have we done today on the field as a team that's what it doesn't factor in right the the opponent to which they're playing and what moment in the game it is yeah. Because at that point, too, the Packers had all the momentum. I would agree. And it momentum, looked like things were turning a little bit. Momentum that. is the best thing you can have in the NFL. Yeah. So, so it's it's a damn shame. It was a great football game. A damn shame. I was shocked. I know you were shocked. I. And it's kind of funny because people joke, like, Matt LaFleur actually worked under Dan Quinn. <laughs> and I've already talked about Dan Quinn when he used to do that and play the conservative game. Yeah down six with like 40 seconds left or whatever under Kick a minute a field goal. <laughs> Take a field goal like okay i guess three points is better than zero but we're gonna have to go back down and do it all again and still score like it's just crazy i completely agree with you and to be honest i mean the the packers offense i think <sighs> Devonte adams didn't really make a big impact in their he defense he dropped certainly. a couple Ball, big balls, uh, one being a touchdown in the, the left pocket of the end zone that could have changed the game. Yeah, and their defense didn't help them. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'll, I'll finish up with my hate of the week. Yep. We're going completely off topic here outside of sports. It's happened to me multiple times in the winter, especially with me switching footwear and whatnot. A lot of time with boots, too, with a lot of loops, I can never, ever get my laces to just match perfectly no matter what. Like, I'll unlace them and perfectly make them even on either side. Yep. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm good. Tie it up, whatever. Then the next time, one of them's freaking almost falling out and one of them is nine feet long. And it, I feel like it happens every time no matter what. It's the most frustrating thing in the world because you got one bunny ear that's the size of the North America and you got another one that's the size of my thumbnail. And it's like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. how can we make this easier? I don't, I'm at a loss. Because how much it happens with my Tims, with my Uggs, any sneakers, doesn't matter. It happens every time. I can't escape it. So I, I would, don't know. I would couple that into, you know, sweatshirts, bathing suits, sweatpants, where the lace maybe gets uh, lost. Oh, we talked about this. I remember we talked yeah. about this. I believe it was some point early on, like season I think one, it was I Kenzie's. Think it was just, I think it was Kenzie's. I think it was, week. yeah, like the sweatpants or where the, the tie gets like stuck in the drawstring. And or it's whatever. gone. And it's gone forever. Yeah, you ain't fishing that thing out. No. Just forget about it at that point. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. I like it's that It's brutal. One. It's brutal, man. Well, we'll uh, slide on into some stonk talk here this week. Yeah. It's been, I would say, a really, it's been a volatile past week. It hasn't been a good volatile for me, at least. Uh, I'm no. Down, I'm down a little. I'm not down a lot, but 
it hasn't climbed back up to where we were, I'd say, three weeks ago at all-time highs. So we can't really complain because we're not down all that much. But big movers this week, uh, big mover today, our good old friend Moderna. They oh, actually baby, uh, came out yesterday, I believe, with booster shot news on COVID. So they're going to create a booster shot for the COVID variant that's coming out of multiple other countries. I want to say out of South Africa, Brazil, and then like a few others. Israel it's in right now. There's, there's a variety that it's in. So they're doing a booster shot for that, uh, even though the other COVID vaccine that they produce is effective versus the variants, uh, according to the WHO. Then also on Moderna, they today I just saw they're now going to possibly uh, get bought out for 300 million doses compared to what was only assumed as getting 200 million doses oh, uh, by the U.S. government. So that's obviously going to drive their earnings way through the roof. Uh, and they were up about to 152-ish by the end of, uh, end of today, which is yeah. well above what they were trending at was about 110-ish for a while there in the past month. So a, a good jump from them again. Good to see from a company we both love. Yeah, if you want to talk big movies, I mean, we can go there. It ain't going to end well for, for me personally. I mean, it's down 6% today with Peloton. I've been talking the highest game for the last three weeks, you know, bragging about how Biden's going to be ripping a Peloton in the Oval Office, bragging about how Peloton's the next big thing. My parents got a Peloton. I'm going to be ripping the Peloton. Down 6% today. It's been, it's the same story. Volatility galore over the past week. Last week, I complained about how you know, the week before I was on cloud nine and then I was in the dumps this week again, like yesterday was yesterday morning. We came out guns a blazing, super hot, super high. And then I blink after a meeting and boom, it's like, I'm like, is something broken? Is, is my phone glitching? Cause everything <laughs> like I was up a hundred dollars and then I literally open up 10 minutes later down $300. I'm like, Holy mackerel. So story of my week really is just the, the ebbs and flows of the stock market. But, you know, we're starting to trim the fat a little bit. We're starting to really lean into our, our superstars per se. And like you say, and I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep saying it, got to hold steady, have to be tough mentally. And you can't, you can't pull a Kenzie Quinn. I'll just say that and want to scurry away from Peloton today after losing, after going on 6%. Because if you do that, you're going to be, in big trouble so everybody out there looking for advice don't take guards but if you do hold steady yes we we are in no ways uh investing i'm at a loss for words <laughs> investing what like any like don't take our advice or are you gonna say don't sell no but well yeah don't take but our advice definitely don't take our advice and don't sell be patient. Hold steady. Yeah, in no way are we stock advisors, but if you do take our advice, it would be to hold steady. And I mean, wow, parting parting shot shot across the bow to your good friend this week over the weekend, Kenzie. Uh, I Isn't believe that what friends do. I yeah. gave him some good advice in the chat. You you talk you bringing up some real hell from his past in selling pen. 
Oh, back, I didn't say it. Back in the day. You didn't say it, but you implied it. And <laughs> you, we know th- what the implications do. So that'll be that'll be good. Now, with some other stonk talk I yep. want to get into. Yeah. GameStop, of course. Yeah, what the hell is off the rails? There? You know, I can't get into all that Reddit stuff. Reddit, I think, is already kind of the loony bin i would say past it's like, like the, the past the twitter threshold too. i would call it like the rated r gray web type of twitter where like anything goes almost and people yeah it's completely anonymous so it's just a free-for-all yeah i also want to point out to that they're like i think they're bringing down like that hedge fund or whatever that shorted gamestop by you know making GameStop shoot to the moon off of absolutely no news and no actual prospect for the company to do well in, in the future. Uh, and Hey, they might start targeting our stocks here on TWBLC now that we've said anything, but yeah, I feel like they don't understand that it affects real people possibly because like that, that hedge fund is managing money for, you know, thousands of people. It's not the hedge funds money per se. And apparently the guy was getting death threats who like wrote the article on why GameStop was going to go under type of deal. So I got to say, screw them wall street bets, people on Reddit, screw them. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. I, I mean, I certainly, if you're coming to, us for advice and we're saying oh don't come to us you certainly shouldn't take anything that anyone says on reddit um (laughs) seriously or like use it in any walk of life really unless of course you want to don't you know um but i agree it's it's a weird situation i think i honestly i just found out about it like yesterday and was shocked reading into it so it's it's just one of those things but um yeah crazy week to go off of it too is what happens when the stock actually does tank here. The regular, oh, I mean, the regular people who are on Reddit, you know, who bought it at one fifteen and it shoots back yeah. down to fifteen, and they put their life savings into it. I wanna, yeah, I want those you people. You want them on the pod? Head held? No, I don't want those people on the pod. I want the leaders held accountable. You want the people who told them to on the pod when they're making millions of dollars because they sold weeks ago but they're posting in Reddit to keep buying GameStop stock. I want them to be held accountable. I mean, I just looked at three articles and people are saying, no, 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 no. It's like systematically wrong. Do not stay away. So again, don't take my advice. Don't ever do that. But we're better than Reddit. I'll I'll (laughs) leave it at that. All right, enough with the stock talk. Let's get on to the real stuff this week. From the weekend, I would like to start with an opportunity for you to maybe, I don't want to use the word apologize, but make a statement on Mm -hmm. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Yeah, there will be no apology from me. There will be no, you know, none of that. I will say this have as much respect in the world that they're able to have for an individual for him. Am I salty? Probably. Do I hold a grudge? Do I have a vendetta? Am I a little bit emotional? Absolutely. 
Probably. But I'm at a point now where I texted you guys on Monday and you go, oh, and someone has said, oh, he, he's just tired. He's just got to build it back up after the weekend <laughs> of the hate. He's tired of hating. I'm not tired of hating. I would say 50% of it is just me trolling, just getting people going. 50% of it is me actually trying or not wanting to see him succeed somewhere else just because I'm, whether it's, you know, emotional attachment, detachment, jealousy, or just wanting to watch the Bucks and him burn. Could be a mix of all those things in a blender. Um, but at the end of the day, I'll leave it at this and I'll clear the air with this. Happy for the guy. I mean, you're, you've never seen anything like it. You're never going to see anything else like it. Certainly still has it. And it's going to be a hell of a game in two weeks. I think I've been – I don't want to jump ahead. I'll just leave it at that for now. Um, and that'll be my statement because I don't want to jump ahead. So, Okay. I will – the table hold is you, we got to hold you accountable here because you keep throwing all these vague statements about, you know, probably I was emotional, probably all this. You, in fact, I would say strongly disapproved slash hated him over the past two weeks. So much yeah, so I... that you were rooting for the Saints and then you yep. were rooting for Aaron Rodgers who is the arch nemesis, I would say, to any Tom Brady fan during his 20 years as a Patriot. Not, not, I wouldn't say I was rooting for Aaron Rodgers. I was rooting for whoever, it could have been the Saints, it could have been anybody. Whoever was, whoever was playing the Bucs. So are you now rooting for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, who you have hated for the past? Oh no, I haven't hated Patrick Mahomes. I hate no, Travis the Chiefs. Kelsey You've hated the Hill. Chiefs for the past two to three years, and you said you did not want them to win any Super Bowls because you hated certain people on that team that Sorry, much. Kel. Are Sorry, you Kel. now willing to say that you're rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in Tampa, Florida? No. But I'm also not rooting for Tom. I told you I'm rooting for both teams that's, to have fun. See, no, that's and not a, a close game. That's not an answer. We have to get an answer out of this. You cannot fifty fifty split. You will not get one on this podcast right now. I will I'm, not. I haven't decided yet. I will not allow you off this airwave <laughs> until you give me a team for which you are rooting for. <laughs> You're not gonna like the answer, so we'll. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I hope. Look, I could go either way. I'm honestly fifty fifty right now. In all seriousness. Because I think it would be really cool to watch Tom win again because I don't think anyone can touch it. But at the same time, I still am secretly, passively, deep down, rooting for his, not demise, because that's a little bit dark, but for the Bucks' demise. Um, because I just want to watch the so-called, quote-unquote, super team just completely crash and burn at home. I think that would be incredible. But at the same time, I'm like, well, Tyreek Hill is a complete douche. As I, Travis Kelsey. Can I inject? So, it's give and take. You know, I haven't really decided yet, but go ahead. You keep mentioning this Bucks super team, yet we're getting to the point now where they are now the underdog, I think, for two weeks in a row. How is the Bucks a super team more than the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, that's that, an absolutely insane argument to me. I completely disagree. I think when I look at a super team, I would compare it to NBA where – you have a few pieces and then you have a handful of individuals flock to that team via free agency, whatever, just almost as like a cop out 
to try to win a, a championship. And Brady, okay, I get that. At that point, he kind of went there thinking, all right, you know, Tampa, whatever. But when you have Gronk, again, holding his pocket like he's his little prison person, uh, mate, and then you got A.B. crawling over there. So I'm going to stop you there. Lenny, I will Lenny, stop. Playoff, nope, playoff Lenny signs there. It's like, are you serious? They they signed Lashawn McCoy, who's like seventy five years old. Oh, it's we're gonna we're gonna throw crazy. Lashawn McCoy in there. He's been awful for the past five years in the NFL. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Absolutely matters. Now let's go over to the Kansas City Chiefs. You got let's see. Tyree so Kill by they, far no, and no, away. No, 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 who who left there and free? Who went there in free agency over the past two years besides Le'Veon Bell in an attempt to, to make a super team? Nobody. That is a that is a team that was completely drafted from nothing. So that doesn't make them a super team at all. A, no, I told you my definition of a super team is a team like, you know, like Golden State, where they have people from free agency flocking to that team. I mean, Golden NBA. State won championships before KD went to the team. I don't know if they did. Did they would maybe they won one? Yeah, their first one there was definitely before KD even came over it might they might have two before he came over they definitely don't have two before he came over they went to and, the nba finals twice i bet you before he came over okay but that still doesn't debunk my definition of a no i would like to offer the fact that i could give you brady and gronk going down there as like a flock into the team ab okay. has ab played in like 50 percent of the games i feel like he hasn't i bet uh, he has leonard Fournette. If you're calling him like flocking over there, he was a as... former first round pick, he made a huge impact last game, and he did flock over there. Wasn't uh, wasn't now? Is this right? Was Nikhil what? Harry a first round pick? Yeah, but what does so that if have to do with so if Nikhil Harry flocked down to Tampa, that would be creating a super team because he was a former first round pick. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he'd be an impact That's player. That's true. That's insane. I mean, now we're just now we're just talking out of our asses, though. We're we not talking back, out of our asses. We got to get back to the lane here. You you said because he's a first team, round pick. A super team to me is a team where people are flocking if there you wanna... in free agency. So that's not the Chiefs because only Le'Veon Bell went there, and maybe Sammy Watkins three or four years ago. The reason they're a super team is because you have Brady, Gronk, AB. I'm going to say Lashawn McCoy again just to troll. That's you. disgusting. Leonard Fournette, and then I think you have a couple pieces on defense who two who flock there. So to me, that is the super team, and I would like nothing more than to not watch AB succeed, not watch Gronk succeed because he took off a year and then went down to Tampa with Brady. That's just why. So it is what it is. Their best receivers over the entire year for the Bucks were already at Tampa. So I'll just leave it at that. And I also want to okay. put, if you're going to throw in draft picks, well, Tom was a six-round pick, so I don't think you can divine him as making a super team, right? Because he was a six-round pick. I mean, he's the best quarterback of all time, though. I mean, I'm not. I'm, draft pick doesn't determine if you're a good Ex player. That's my whole point. You throwing in Leonard Fournette and just being like, well, Leonard he was a, a good football player? Good football player? Absolutely. Flocking okay. to a team okay. as a superstar? Not even close. He, he barely he, he splits carries with Ronald Jones. Absolutely made an impact last game. Absolutely. Yeah. Cam Newton made an impact on the Patriots this year. They probably won three more games than they would have with Jared Stidham. Okay. Again, like we're just, we're, we could talk about this all night. All I'm saying is he is an impact player. He is a good player. Like that's it. It's a super team to me.
end of the story. That's what it is. So it's, I don't know it's, what to say. It's not, in I my mean, opinion. No, it, it definitely is. If you have, if you are, so look at their roster last year, Kurt. Okay, AB wasn't on it. Gronk wasn't on it. Their Levin three Fournette best wide receivers were on it. Tom Brady wasn't on it. Actually, their best tight end was on it as well. Cameron Brait was already there. I didn't say that he wasn't the best tight end. I'm just telling you. But you're when you're you adding all these players, players that barely even make an impact to a team. That is a super team, and I'm not going to continue to argue it with you. That's it. It's not a super team, in my okay. opinion. I mean, I versus especially when you're arguing against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the definition, I would say, of a super team. Whether it was drafted or people flocked to it, it's called trying to win games in the NFL. We have a different definition of what that is. I look at the Bucks as a team of people who were cop-outs and went to a team via free agency. The Chiefs are a homegrown organization who developed guys like Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, etc. And that's just my opinion. So we are going to agree to disagree. I guess so. Okay. Well, let's get on to the games a little here. We've, let's. we've talked a lot of Bucks here so far. We previewed a little bit of the Super Bowl. Bucks Packers overall takeaways. We've already talked about the coaching decision. We can absolutely go back into it because it was that bad. If anything piques your interest, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, as a go pack think, go guy, you may want to describe how you thought the Packers played, for instance. Yeah, I think the Packers played pretty well. I think the the biggest there was two plays that that really decided the game outside of. LaFleur's decision, and that was number one, the Scotty Miller touchdown after Arians got the fourth and one and tried to take a shot before wanting to kick a field goal, where King let him basically walk in the end zone. And instead of instead of zero points, instead of even three points, a touchdown there is unforgivable, completely unforgivable. Yeah. Um, especially when you get the ball at half. Next, it was, I believe, the second or third interception that Brady threw where should have been an interception where the guy just it just completely went through his hands. And I believe that was a drive where they scored me from wrong. It was the end of the they, half, scored the touchdown with Scotty Miller. So that was the same sequence then. Um, yeah, so, th- so those two plays sort of go hand in hand, I would say, and basically – I think put the game out of reach because it ended up coming down to one score. And, you know, like you said, there was some momentum there in the second half when the Packers started to get hot and they started to be able to push the ball down the field. But at the end of the day, they couldn't get in within that score. Um, and unfortunately the way that the bucks are moving the ball, the Packers couldn't even really establish the run consistently. So you didn't really see Devonte Adams as an impact guy, I guess, Marquez Valdez Scantling had a relatively good game. He elevated his play when he had to, but at the end of the day, they couldn't get within a score. And the issue that I'm seeing is that, you know, if Rodgers is supposed to be the guy and he's your franchise quarterback and your your superstar, you gotta give him the ball when the game is on the line. And they didn't do that. And that's why they lost. I will say the biggest takeaway after, you know, thirty minutes post game that I sat there and thought about was the Bucks took advantage of every single turnover they had and they scored on those turnovers or a good break that they had with the guy like you said dropping uh the easy interception there on third and like three 
at the 45 from the 45 the bucks had it yeah uh and then scoring with scotty miller with zero time remaining and one of the biggest defensive breakdowns at the end of a playoff half you could have yeah that it just can't happen whereas the packers didn't convert in the red zone when they had to and they were one of the best teams all year in the regular season to do that like you said it's not like Rodgers didn't have his opportunities throughout the game. I mean, they got it relatively quickly to within, you know, doable range, though, in getting it to one score, the eight points. Uh, and he had multiple attempts to do it, and they just couldn't move the ball, it seemed like. Yeah, I mean, that was the story of the game. They they couldn't convert when they needed to. The Bucks looked like they could push the ball down the field and actually score at will. I think it was after the – it was a turnover. I, I don't know if it was a – I think it was a pick, a tip pick or a fumble where they ended up getting the ball at like the three or four and immediately did like a play-action pop to Bray where no one was around him. There was hardly ever plays the other way around where you saw like a major defensive breakdown for Tampa where like the Packers exposed them and capitalized. Yeah. And you you just saw too many of them on the Packers side defensively that ended up costing them. Absolutely. Tough game for Aaron Jones. He had not one but two fumbles. One just Yeah, that was got, bad. One got recovered. Uh, that may have been the play end. that I was referring to where Bray scored yes, the play yes. after, but brutal yep. by him. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really it for that game if you want to hop into the AFC. Well, let's hold the coaches accountable in this one once again. Matt LaFleur, you cannot – not be fired after that game for that many coaching mistakes within a single biggest game of your year. Like you came in unprepared to that, to handle the moment. So like we were talking about end of the first half, having that in single coverage, borderline sketchy to say the least, but then the guy not being coached well enough to be like, you can literally tackle him anywhere anywhere but the end zone you can't let them get behind you yeah it's it's crazy it's almost it's not as bad but it's almost like the uh i think it's worse than his field goal i was gonna say i know i was gonna say the greg williams play uh, i think it was week 15 or 16 for the jets against the raiders where the raiders just threw up a hail mary to win the game where they the jets just had to do an all-out blitz with three seconds like same thing know the moment know the situation you literally can do anything but let a guy run. And that's the Jets you. when they're like actually trying to lose. So I can I can give a a, a break. <laughs> They'll cut him some slack. Yeah, exactly. But so Matt Lafleur got to go. Bruce Arians, I will just keep on him for third and shorts. You have one of the best quarterbacks ever to throw. You know, quick slant or drag routes based on coverage schemes and getting a one-on-one matchup with like one of your best wide receivers and he continuously forces tom to throw off his back foot to a seam streaking gronk or mike evans on the sideline yeah if if brady throws to more than one pick in the super bowl i think it's going to be it's going to be go bad the only like the only reason that I mean, that was a huge part of it, too. Like, going back to what you said about, like, what was the difference in the game? The Packers did nothing as a result of those turnovers. Yeah. And that was, like that just reminded me, like, you're never going to see Brady throw that many consecutive 
bad balls like that and to not even like really flip the field is crazy. It's just massive. To, to, to not be able to win a game where he throws three picks is pitiful. Yeah. I mean, you should, if you're Rogers at home and you're saying like the night before, you're going to get three turnovers from Brady and you're not going to win. That's, that's on you. Yeah. All right, so we held the coaches to account. We'll move on to Chiefs and Bills. I have to say I didn't watch much of this one because it just, after the first few minutes, I could tell the Chiefs weren't going to be stopped. Yeah, it was weird because if you if you didn't watch the game at all and you just look at the score on ESPN, you're like, oh, it must have been a pretty good game. It really wasn't. Like, the whole first half, the Bills were completely outmatched. The only reason they were in the game is because your boy Miko Hardman, your boy Miko Hardman, I know you like to say his name, muffed that punt. Yep. And the Bills jumped on it and then handed the ball up to single time for touchdown. So they basically got fraud spotted, not frauded, we'll get there. Got spotted a free seven points. Yep. Which made the the first half score look a hell of a lot closer than it really should have been. Because they couldn't move the ball for shit. And I got to say this. I got to get this out in the air. I have all of the respect for Josh Allen and love the way that he's developed as a quarterback. But at some point, do you think he's going to realize or it's going to like come to fruition in his head that, like, okay, if I feel pressure, instead of backpedaling for 25 yards, <laughs> like, seven times a game. Throw it and, away throw the fucking ball away or just take the sack, take a five yard sack. Yeah. Like you're not always going to make a play. Like, I think he's just young and naive and real and thinks, okay. Like, cause he does make some of those plays, but you're not going to make all of them. No, yep. just again, to the Brady point, like is Brady the most physically gifted athlete in the world? No, but he knows when the play is over. He's going to, he's not going to ever cost his team a single yard that he doesn't have to. And I don't know when the hell Josh Allen has to, is going to learn that because against a team like the Chiefs especially, you can't spot them one yard or you're going to get the shaft. So just to watch him just backpedal like that into oblivion like multiple times and make it like – and just take 25 to 30-yard sacks is just – that cannot – if that cannot happen next year. It cannot if yep. you're Josh Allen. And, and you're going to be called like a top-five quarterback. It can't happen. Absolutely. And – I I did see a couple of his twenty five yard sacks that you're just oh, shaking God, your head at. You're just shaking your head because you're shaking your head at like some of the amazing plays he makes, and then he goes out and he's holding the ball yep. with one hand, running thirty yards back, and it's like, what the hell, buddy? And it went from you know second and three, and now it's third and twenty five instead yeah, and of the over. third and you know eight or nine, which is all right. Yeah. Yeah. Chiefs. It's- looked Great. scary in this game i mean offensively yeah. looked unstoppable like doesn't matter i didn't think the bills defense was awful coming into this game i thought they had pretty similar defenses in terms of talent and being able to you know not allow the other team to score and they just got absolutely roasted they put yeah. their best corner on tyreek and just got killed all game you can't yeah, one-on-one them you just it's impossible no. And then if you double him, you're looking at, you know, Kelsey, McCole Hardman getting open. Uh, yeah. Demarcus Sam, Robinson, Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Watkins. Like, yep. You got Le'Veon and uh, what's his name out of the backfield there? CEH. So, yeah, it's crazy. Like, 
they were down what 10 points to the bills and and i'm sitting there saying never a doubt come on guys like we last year they were down friggin 17 or 20 to the texans and they scored like 34 and answered and it's like they can score at will they can score when they want and they they're it's just crazy i don't know the only the saving grace to me is like if Patrick Mahomes really is hurt and has a hurt toe or has turf toe, the way that the Tampa Bay pass rush, just giving a little preview into two weeks from now. Yeah. If Tampa Bay's pass rush rush can get on Mahomes like that consistently, drive after drive, that's the only way that I see them really limiting the offense. Because Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, they're going to get theirs. They're going to win matchups. It's just going to come down to can the Tampa Bay pass rush get to Mahomes and really disrupt them. Absolutely. So, I think that's, that's what the I think only way the game is even close. Yeah. So let's hop into that little preview here for the Super Bowl. I'll give and, you a... And before we do, before we do, I know you, I want to say this. I want to make it known that we are still tied going into Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. We split this week. My Chiefs, his Bucks, we're tied going into Super Bowl Sunday, which makes for a hell of a two weeks coming up. Yep. yep. We got three-point favorites, Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under is 56.5, so I'm going to actually have us pick both the spread and then the over-under. Okay. 56. Um, I have to ride with my boy, Tom. I'm going plus three. I'm taking the bucks, and then yep. I'm also going to hit the over of 56.5 because... The only way they win that game is a shootout. Yeah, I, I still think I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the same theme that I've had all year. I'm picking the Chiefs. I think offensively they are otherworldly. Uh, if Mahomes is healthy and if that offensive line is can block, um, so I'm gonna take the Chiefs, and I'm gonna take the over too because I think. Both of these quarterbacks are a little bit stubborn. We've seen it before. They're both of them never ever in a million years think the game the play the play is over, never mind the entire game. So they're both teams are going to scratch and claw till the end. I think it's gonna be probably both teams in the thirties somewhere. Um but I I hope I hope that's the case. I really do. I hope that's the case because that would make for a hell of a Super Bowl. The Bucks must have their two starting safeties come back next week. I think there's a good likelihood both will be back. It looked like yeah. Whitehead had his shoulder popped out on that hit on Aaron Jones that forced the fumble. Yeah. So you're you're hoping that he's coming back from that. And then uh, the other, what was Is the other Winfield? Winfield, Winfield yep. Winfield tried going in pregame. They declared him out. So with two more weeks of rest, you think that would be good to go. Yeah, I mean, if he's a game-time decision and then you have two weeks of rest, yeah, there's no way he's going to miss that game. Yep. And um, then A.B. out last week, what a fraud he would be if he misses the Super Bowl, huh? If Abe, Also, we can't forget this. Who hates this matchup more than Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Their boys, after they, after they think they're yeah. going to go undefeated, they get bounced to Cleveland, and then their boys A.B. and Le'Veon are in the ship that same year. You want to talk about poetic justice and give just shoving the mingi right up there, he has? Because, oh, my God. Can I you don't, think of a worse outcome? 
I don't enjoy guys. that though because I would have to side with the Steelers on that. Those guys stink. Like oh, they're miserable human beings. Yeah, but it's hilarious at the same time to just troll them. Yes. Uh, did you pick an over under on fifty six and a half total points? Yeah, over. I think both quarterbacks are like I said, stubborn as hell. They're they're gonna scratch and claw till the end. There's gonna okay. be points galore on both sides of the ball. Um, I'd like to reiterate yeah. that this would be Tom's greatest playoff run ever of being away all three games to get to the Super Bowl and then having to take down Mahomes in Tampa would be yeah. an absolutely wild feat. If you look at the body of work, I would I would completely agree. If you look at like games, it's tough for me to say that there isn't a a more you know back against the wall Brady out of nowhere than like the Falcons game. But if you want to look at the body of work from the preseason Opponents, with like no mini camp yeah. to where he is in two weeks, I would have to agree with you. Yes, it's not his greatest playoff statistical session he hasn't played the best he ever has in the playoffs i told kenzie this is still yet to come he can prove a lot in the super bowl if he goes out there and throws you know just rips it 350 plus four touchdowns no ints and they go on to win but so far it's just been i don't want to say game management because he's had good games like the the game against the redskins was was great but in a way he's He's winning with – it's a whole whole team effort. It's not just the offense going out there and lighting it up. The defense is playing well. He's playing situational football kind of on offense where they don't have to score every drive. Yep. So it would be it would be quite the cap to a career. I would yeah. entice him to retire if he were to win this one, but we know that's I not going to happen. I think if you win at home in Tampa after this run, I don't – I don't think he's going to because that's just the type of guy he is, but that would be the way to grow. There's nothing left. Like That's the mountaintop. Right? What I, we think that. I thought there was nothing left two years ago, Like, but he's just – I think I, – I don't want to see him end up like Peyton or like Drew Brees even. Like, Drew Brees towards the end of that game, it was sad. We agree it was kind of sad to watch. It was, it was like we were at a funeral a little bit. Yeah. Because Brady, like his balls don't look like – that's it's gonna sound really bad, but his balls don't look like they're that saggy. Like they're like like they're drooping that much as <laughs> as Breeze's balls were. Yeah, like Breeze's balls were kind of like like there's a little the window most little like, air like out of them. Leaf. Little air yeah. out of those balls. Yeah, they're a little flat, and it looks like he didn't really have a lot of zip on his balls. But Brady, like the way that he was lofting that one, like he still looks like he has the touch. Yeah. So that's I think what's and like you said, like mentally, that's still keeping him. I think the best throw he had was that, I want to say, like, 15-yard little slant route or mini post to... Was it to Mevins? I think it was to Johnson. Was oh, it was Tyler it the one Johnson? To, to, to kill the game there, the last one? No, no, it was it was earlier on in the game. I think it was, you know, maybe first half, actually, where he zipped it in there, or third quarter, I'm not sure. But that was, like, the most impressive throw to where i was like yeah he's still got you know the arm strength to push it in there in a tight window whereas those guys do not you're right yeah so i mean for his sake and for our sake i would hate to watch him go out that way where like it's like oh you can tell it's like a a car crash where he's just 
you know, limping around out there, like kind of fill up, like just kind of chucking it. Yeah. So if that, with that said, it would be really cool to see him go out this way, but we'll see. Now let's get some little prop bets in too. Maybe we'll do, I'm going to try to see if I can get the national anthem or something. I was actually going to give you one. I had one for you to ask real quick. Okay. First touchdown, like both teams total for who scores the first touchdown player doesn't matter the team what do you think player like yeah a player a specific player i'm gonna go with i'll take mike evans i like that i'll stay with that theme and although i'm picking the chiefs i'll go with leonard fournette playoff lenny i'm gonna go with leonard fournette all right, let's let's keep ripping some of these. I got coin, okay. coin toss outcome heads or tails. Tails. I'm always a tails guy. I'm also gonna go tails. Tails never fails. Coin toss winner, Tampa Bay or the Chiefs? Tampa Bay. I'm gonna go the Chiefs. Okay. And let's see if I want to see if there's they don't have the national anthem out yet. I don't think. Mm. Super Bowl MVP. We won't put this on our card. Um, we know who it's going to be, regardless of who. If the Bucks win, we know who it's going to be, and if the Chiefs win, we know who it's going to be. So, so I'm you don't go think with... Tyreek Hill has a chance? No, I think the NFL is that. Yeah, I, I think it's either they. Do you know how much the the, the NFL loves these two? I think they're, it's going to either be Storybrook ending would be Brady, and then Mahomes. If the Chiefs win, it's going to be Mahomes. That is true. This is, you know, the NFL's wet dream of a Super Bowl. For exactly. Sure. It's it's going to be one. They're not going to let it be like Tyler Johnson or something crazy like that. Isn't it a shame this was the Corona year? Because, like, look at the slate of games and, ha- like, the fans, the places oh were going absolutely bananas. Can you imagine slate. Bill's Mafia? At, Traveling did, to KC? They, oh, my God. Are the tailgates there? Can you imagine the, yeah. the carnage that would occur in the parking lot? It would have oh been my God. pretty wild. So that'll cap off the NFL there. Let's uh, – no PGA Tour stuff to talk about. You got anything else, Celtics, Bruins? No other sports news. Um, I think that'll wrap up the sports segment. Awesome. With that, let's move on to Drew's dad joke here and see if I can add on Pretty to my one. tally. Pretty good one this week. Again, brought to you by Glossy here. Here goes nothing. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? Something to do with the. Oh, why couldn't the bicycle stand up? Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? I'll give you a minute. Oh, I got nothing. I'm trying to think. Kickstand, wheels. Would you like me to throw you a bone here? I'll give you a little hint. No. Uh uh-uh. uh, I just want to hear it. It was too tired. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was gonna say, think of like the—I don't know if the word would be like the complexity, but like the makeup of a bike. You know, it's got two tires. Too tired. No, I don't know. That's, I thought it was pretty good. That's no, I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. I believe I sent you one. From our good friend Irish Mike this week too, if I'm 
not mistaken. I'm going to see if I can find it in our slew of texts here. You may have. Why was the tomato blushing? You told me this, and I don't even remember it. Now you're... Oh, give me a minute. I can't remember. I can't. Fuck. Yeah, because it saw the salad dressing. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... <laughs> oh. All time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll wrap up with a quote here. I have one more thing I need to address. Fire. I have one more thing. I can't leave without addressing this. It's my fraud of the week. I don't know if you've seen it. I have not. On the, on the lines. This woman stabbed her husband, Kurt. Okay. Because she found a photo of him with a hotter, younger-looking woman. Now, here's the kicker. Okay, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting you for understand, the, the You're understanding what I said, right? Yep. It turns out, after she stabbed her husband, that she realized that it was actually her when she was younger in the picture. Oh, that's tough. That is my fraud of the week. I don't know if there's been any more fraudulent behavior ever from this woman. I mean, this is all time for me. This is, this is Hall of Fame worthy. This woman stabbed her husband because she saw a picture of herself when she was younger with him, forgot it was her, and got jealous, and stabbed him. I that, mean, that is, I don't even really know what to say. But you I know, have to bring it up. She has to have letting herself go a little, right? Because if she couldn't even recognize what she used to look like. Yeah, I mean, it's completely, it, she's completely in the wrong. It's her fault. But I like how you're kind of taking a jab at her, maybe about her, like, her weight or her physical appearance as well. That's what you're insinuating. She doesn't look great, I'll be honest with you. In the picture of her, in the prison, she doesn't look inviting or very like warm or like a nice woman. But you know what I mean? Like you have to change dramatically to not I mean, realize yeah, it's like, a picture of yourself. I can't even I can't even fathom a way in which I would look at a picture of me and not recognize me. Like that's it's it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's that's what it is. It's crazy to me. Okay, I like that one. Uh, I don't have any frauds of the week. I feel like I've mentioned them throughout my you have. hates of the week or the all the football talk. There was so many. There was yeah. so many this weekend. We'll end it off here with a quote from Tom Brady to set the tone for the next two weeks. He says, A lot of times I find that people who are blessed with the most talent don't ever develop the attitude. And the ones who aren't blessed in that way are the most competitive and have the biggest heart. That'll wrap it up here for TWBLC this week. Go Tom. Go Bucks. We'll talk again in a week's time before the Super Bowl happens. Pat from last year. Playing us out. What's for lunch? TWBLC. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Uh, Z. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group.